Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that finished Gundam Build Fighters and decided to reconquer the next real Gundam series. My name is Jeremy. I'll join your army for 100 yen and the rank of second corporal. I'm Tyler. <laughs> wow, you are very cheap, aren't you? My name is Zach. I Look, I know what I'm selling. It is not much. <laughs> <laughs> discount officer. Well, not even officer. Discount non-com. G-Reco will continue until morale improves, which I imagine will be another 21 episodes. It's not that bad yet. It's not that bad. It's just, we came here because we wanted, like, meaty philosophy, and, like, we're just trying to break down everything that happens. We're not doing philosophy so much as uh, we're just trying to figure out what's going on. The horrible thing is it keeps tantalizing us with hints of cool philosophy, and then an attack happens so that we can't actually discuss it or, like, have a serious conversation. Just let me have my goddamn discussion. Or some, like, character motivations. I would like that a lot. I would like to get in one character's head instead of Ida just having a sad flashback that's really a sad exposition. Uh, today we were watching episode <laughs> five of Reconquista in G. The enemy is the Capital Army. Remember episode five of Gundam Seed where Mula Flaga did a, co- a tow cable plan? I do. And this episode, I guess the... Is the enemy even the Capital Army? Whose enemy? When? Where? Is... I mean, it's definitely the uh, enemy of the megafauna. Yeah, I don't know. Should we just get into it? I feel like we should do more preamble, but I don't know what. I mean, so far, our main guy, Bellary, is one of three people who can pilot the mysterious Gundam in this series. Oh, yeah, we should. We should. If you're just starting now, God help you. <laughs> <laughs> you can find him in Catholic Disneyland, which is where our main character, Bellary, is from, along with his friend, Naredo Nug. She's a cheerleader. He's a cadet? In the Capitol Guard, which is not the Capitol Army, they're different. He's a grade-skipping military cadet. Correct, because his mom is the king of the space elevator. <laughs> which she works allo- for the Pope. Which allows her to distribute photo battery cores to people. Which uh, which she did in such a way to make two nations, Ameria and Gondwan, go to war. There are some pirates from Ameria who might just be military people who kept attacking Bellary's town until one of them, who was a hot girl named Ida Ray Hunton, but twist, that's not her real name, managed to steal a Gundam with Bellary and Naredo in it. Also, Raraya Monday, she brought the Gundam from space, but she jumped out of it in upper atmosphere and is having problems. And so no one can interrogate her. (laughs) She now has a fish. (laughs) Which is helping, I think. Maybe. She speaks in complete sentences this episode. That is so. true. So, I guess. Ida's escape was aided by Killam Nick, a genius, oh no. And also the president's son. And a great character. Unfortunately, Bellry did murder Captain Cahill, who was Ida's celebrity crush, before she <laughs> manages to manage to defect. So she's not very happy with him, and he feels guilty about that. Did I forget? Oh, also there's Delinson, Bellry's ex-teacher, who's the only competent person in the Capitol Army. Seems to be true. Well, I, I think also Lewin, I think, is important this Lewin episode. Lee, you mean uh, Bellary's classmate? Yes. Yeah, I oh, don't yeah, believe he's in the Capitol Army. Uh, well, there is a mysterious Char who I don't know later. what you're talking about. There seems to be a masked character, but it certainly can't be Lewin. He's not named this episode. Uh, Zach, is his name Mask? Am I remembering I that believe correctly? So. I believe it's just Mask, in uh, <laughs> at least in the Super Robot Wars game. Somebody stop him! <laughs> Smoking. Um. Also, Lou and Lee had a girlfriend who was also a cheerleader who knew Naredo. 
Manny. She was nice. Remember when Manny was in this show? Yeah, remember when the best character was in this show? <laughs> I believe he still is. Yeah, can, man. Oh, Klimnik. Okay, can, that's can fair. Manny dump uh, Lewin for <laughs> Klimnik could never be satisfied, even if he had Manny. Klimnik is very much a uh, narcissist yeah, type say, character. He's got a date with his reflection, and <laughs> no one else is good enough for Klimnik. Uh, did we forget anybody? Um, uh, there, I like, curbs. Oh, there's a there's a colonel. He's he's wearing a Final Fantasy cloak. He definitely looks like a villain. He's um, working with the Pope. To do militarist stuff, maybe, and I don't think we have a bun- we we don't have a lot of names for the people who are on board the uh, the megafauna, the pirate ship, except for Adam Adam Smith. Smith. <laughs> oh, the, we do have Happa. Yep, Adam Smith and Happa, the philosopher mechanic and the regular mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> so, does the philosopher mechanic just sit around and ask why they're doing everything, <laughs> while the other mechanics actually do all the work? <laughs> Everyone asks how to wrench, but I ask why to wrench. How many philosopher mechanics do you think Nerve employs? <laughs> <laughs> that's like half their payroll, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that's why they can't afford a psychologist. <laughs> They're all philosopher mechanics. You can go see Jimmy. He's pretty good with a wrench and also has a degree in existentialism. But if you're having problems with, you know, material stuff, you have to talk to Bob. He's got the, he's got the degree in materialism. Uh, no, Bob has a degree in business. He's the one dude who's like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about like 90% of the time. So yeah, we're watching episode five. <laughs> the enemy is the capital army. Uh, if you thought, hey, that uh, explanation of events in the past is even more inane than your usual ones, <laughs> it was more explanation than G Reco has given us. <laughs> it's more consistent than G Reco, certainly. <laughs> the recaps will continue until morale improves. We start out in church. Second time that's happened. And Bellary's mom is basically sitting here saying that, oh, just because the Pope says they're abiding by the taboo doesn't necessarily mean they are. And uh, why are my beads painted camo? Also, we're obviously also breaking the taboo, and I didn't join this religion to be a hypocrite. (laughs) Why would you paint those things in camouflage like that? It's so dumb. You'd want to paint them like blue and white. So the Capitol Army is having another pep rally in which they have recruited all of the cheerleaders to cheer them on since they'll be rescuing their friend. Anyway, they've come up with a new cheer for their cool new mobile suit, the Elf Elf Bullock. Also goes with the fantasy theme. Do you know what it's based on, the Elf Bullock? No. Or what mobile suit it comes from? The Elf Bull. Oh yes, I did know that. It evolves into Elf Bullock. (laughs) With the Harvey Dent stone. And uh, so Dallinson is like, were we ordered to withdraw because you put these into use? But I thought you made the call to withdraw. I assume this is a more long-term withdrawal. Like, he was like, hey, let's... Let's regroup. And then they're like, hey, come back. We have cool new mobile suits for you. It's going to be a mobile suit of the week show, so you're probably going to have to come back like once a week. Also, we got a cool mask kid. (laughs) Yep, it sure is a piece of work, random dude. So a completely new character with a mask jumps out of the elf bullock. I love all the cheerleaders' reactions. And my favorite, like some are like, he's so cool. And some of them are like, he's totally my type. Some are like, he's not bad. And one of them is specifically is like, lame. <laughs> and I love her. <laughs> so this completely new character with very unfamiliar hair, who for some reason is in the conga line, even though Lewin Lee isn't at the end of the episode. <laughs> Thanks the colonel for seeing him off. And Dylan like, what is the mask for? And the guy who you earlier was telling about Lewin Lee is like, you know, mask stuff. It does observation stuff. It's a test model. To do what exactly? And Manny is like, 
man, I wonder what happened to Lewin Lee. He's my uh, boyfriend. I would recognize him if he were wearing a mask, right? <laughs> but then some Kate says take off and interrupt the conversation. So one thing that we do kind of see is that the uh, the elf bullock doesn't go with the, what's it called? The, the F-rugs. It basically just has these big ass boosters on the back of it. So a character I'm going to name Peach Lips is now talking to the colonel being like, oh, remember the Rose of Hermes blueprints we mentioned last episode? I heard you got them through your cool new elf bullock. And Colonel's like, if you're asking me to violate the taboo, I will, but I need more budget. <laughs> I need a taboo budget. At least he's honest. And then Belry's mom shows up and is like, yeah, I'm going to have to tell you to stop taking people from the Capitol Guard. And the colonel's like, but the army is working so hard to rescue your son. And she's like, I have seen no evidence of this. Also not particularly interested. Elf Bullock transform into plane and, and escape. And then they watch all it with the case that's leaving. Cut to the megafauna, where Bellary is like, hey, Ida, can you tell me about this random threat from outer space that Lieutenant Killam mentioned? Like, is it going to be like a space flea from nowhere situation? Is, is it, it a Gundam 00 movie situation? Is it some pirates from Uranus? Is it some mercenaries from Mars? Some witches from Mercury? What are we <laughs> expecting here? Who comes from Jupiter? Uh, Crossbone. I know. I was just... our episode. Empire. I was trying to think of the, the guys that came from it. Not... The Zangscar Empire. And so Ida's like, have you asked him? And Bellary's like, no, he only said he'd, he'd tell me if I joined the Corps. And Ida's like, so join. And Bellary's like, nah, I can't pull off a skull and crossbones like you can. I think he could. He needs a different colored shirt. He's borrowing someone else's shirt right and pants right now. Yep. And Nareda's like, this is definitely a military vessel, right? Like, look at all the resupplies that we're getting. So Ida goes over to kill him and is like, hey, do you believe Bellary when he says he doesn't know anything about Toasanga, that proper noun from last week? And he's like, he's a student. Of course he's not thinking of anything besides his schedule. But then a wild Bellary appears <laughs> and is like, oh, Toasanga is the holy land of the SU Cordists who bring us photon batteries. So it's some wizards who make batteries for them live there. It's a sacred place, right? And Ida's like, you, have, you cannot be serious. And Killam is like, what would you say if I told you the G-Self was manufactured in Toasanga? I kind of like his little tick here where he's like playing with his braid. Raraya keeps repeating it so that no <laughs> ROB starts singing about it. And Raraya starts throwing her fish in Killam Nick's face. I'm not sure if that's a euphemism. <laughs> Ida asks if we can get back on the subject and if Killam is sure that the G-Self was built there. And... Killam's like, I don't know. Raya might know, but she's still space crazy. And hey, we are introduced to another new character. She's a hot chick. Everyone acknowledges that she's hot. With really, really long hair. Like, down to her ankles. Her name is Mick Jack. She's got the moves like Mick Jacker. She's also got a cool new model of mobile suit, the Hecate. Which also, again, English folklore. Handles better than you think. Isn't Hecate I, I, Hecate Egyptian? Is Thor. I, I, or Norse, I thought. No, I'm not thinking. Uh, hell is Norse. It's, yes, Hell is Norse. I don't know why I was thinking Hecate. Probably I saw Thor fighter once. That's probably why. Greek. It's Greek. Greek. Still European. Yeah, technically. <laughs> I guess it's kind of a stretch at this point, but. <laughs> and then our surfer bro here is on his cell phone and is like, what? The schedule has been moved up. As the Hecate leaves. I'm sorry we don't get his name. Howard from Gundam Wing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, Bellary goes to the hangar, and the escape pod jet from the G-Self is still just hanging out, because the mechanics are goofing off. And apparently the clown is Adam Smith. So Adam Smith starts making air balls to distract people? No, these are for volleyball. Cut to Ida trying to take a lift, telling Naredo she can't come. So Bellary jumps onto it, and then Naredo does as well while they're being distracted. I love how Ida is constantly trying to throw, like, wait around and tell people what to do, and they just ignore her. Nor- I mean, that's very much in character from what we've already seen Naredo and Bellary do. So Kill em Nick has my favorite conversation involving Kill em Nick so far, where he's like, <laughs> Bellary, just join the army if you think it's so cool. And Bellary's like, you know what? Give me the rank of lieutenant, and I'll do it. And Glover's like, you'd have the same rank as me. And Bellary's like, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> I love Clem. He's great. <laughs> anyway, cut to a bunch of Kate Siths and also cool guy in an elf bullock being like, well, we're going the same way that Delinson went because Minoski particles prevented us from knowing exactly where he was. So they enter the bridge and like, when are we going to go on our decoy operation? And the captain's like, why did you bring teenagers onto my bridge? And Ida's response is uh, they trailed behind us like baby ducks. Just pretend they're not there. As uh, Raraya is pushing her fish into <laughs> Clem's face again. And grabbing onto his braid. And they're like, oh, well, here comes the Capital Army again. And Bellary's like, wow, does this Capital Army have this much fighting power? And Killam Nick is like, we should be asking you that. Raya, please stop existing. <laughs> <laughs> please stop holding onto my braid. <laughs> and Ida's like, we have to complete Captain Cahill's plan, right? The plan we, the audience, know nothing about, but it's very important to me, Ida, because my crush made it. I mean, my idol made it. I mean, Captain Cahill made it. I love the captain's chair. And the captain's like, well, as you know, Captain Cahill's plan to occupy Capital Tower is definitely something the megafauna could. And Bill was like, whoa, 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 you're going to occupy the tower? And so Killam Nick decides to wrestling him. Well, Clem Nick, like, grabs him in a headlock, and Bellary just reverses it on him immediately. So we, like, we, it just absolutely kicks his ass. It's hilarious. We don't see it again this episode. We do need to go back to the captain's chair, which does have a hot lady in a bikini <laughs> plastered on it for some reason. <laughs> again, very, like, 80s anime, and I don't know how that got in here. So Ida's like, must you always ruin Captain Cahill's plans by wrestling Killam Nick would definitely ruin <laughs> those plans. And Bellary is like, look, I'm sorry I killed the dude, but you gotta get over this. And Bellary's like, I know it isn't a fair trade, but how about I defend the ship if you lend me a pilot suit in exchange for you forgiving me? And the captain's like, uh-huh, I don't know. What do you think, kill him? And he's like, I don't know. I like this kid for some reason. We need all the fighting strength we can get. Also, he beat me at wrestling, so. Pretty handily, too. And I was like, okay, but you're responsible, Lieutenant. I don't want to deal with this. So then Ida goes up to her, to her girlfriend, who is the Helmswoman. Helmswoman, and they cuddle for a minute before... The scene just changes. Like, we like see her least... walking away, and then the scene cuts. Presumably they said something to each other there, but it's like, why is this here? Is it to establish that they're friends? We may never know, given how this show works. Maybe we'll never see the Helmswoman again. It's so that when Bellary accidentally kills her, she could be even more angry <laughs> at him. You killed my boyfriend and my girlfriend. <laughs> what a bilemma. So then we get a shot of Mick Jack hanging out just observing in her Hecate. And she's like, hmm, who will win? I can't call it, but I guess I'll just watch because that's what supply people do. Then we get our full, like, first, like, good full shot of the megafauna. It looks fine. Yeah. There's something about it I don't like, and I cannot put my finger on it. It's a little too narrow at the front, I think. It literally just looks like a leaf. 
I'm not overly fond of the megafauna's design. Yeah, but like I can't tell you why. Like, what is different from like the Ptolemaeus or the Archangel that makes it look bad? I think in those cases, like the Archangel looks like a big old beefy battleship, right? The Ptolemaeus looks like what it is, a carrier support craft. The megafauna looks a little bit like it's trying to play off of like the rock Hallium or the Neil Argetla, the Neil Argama, Neil Argetlon. That's the Neil Islam. <laughs> totally wrong. Um, but I think it looks like it's trying to play off of either one of those, but it kind of fault lines on it. Like it doesn't know really what it wants to be. I kind of like its whole like sails that it deploys here in a minute. But at the same time, like the overall ship design is like, yeah, that's that's a leaf. Then it becomes a leaf that is a bird. It's a leaf on the wind. Watch how it soars. So they're getting ready to launch their decoy operation. Momontero is ready to launch. To all grimoires, don't have any character development or anything. We see Bellry getting in his pilot suit, which is a perfect fit. Which is apparently a pain in the ass to modify for the ship's sewist, I guess. Seamstress. Sewist is a gender neutral term. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> so Naredo is like, hey, when are we going to escape? And Bellary's like, well, there's going to be a battle, so we can't right now. I did just promise them I'd protect their ship. I love that his new flight suit has bunny ears on it. And uh, Naredo is like, you still still have a crush on that pilot. And Mariah's like, hey, I need a life jacket for my fish. And Naredo's like, there are no fish-sized life jackets. (laughs) Mariah looks very disappointed about this. She looks very disappointed that she has to wear the life jacket. And Bellary's like, ah, Mariah did come from Tewasanga. She's not surprised by our weird outfits. Then he has a intense stare off with Ida. For reasons? It's to set up the tension later. Meanwhile, Mask sees the pirate ship and is like, curse that pirate ship. Is it planning to go to space? What a dastardly pirate thing to do. <laughs> How dare they? So it takes off. It has it hoists the sails. And uh apparently they the like escape pod is sliding around. And still not in the ship yet. But it has had water balls added to it. And Bellary's like, hey, they told me to sortie, so, like, I need the cockpit to be in the mobile suit. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I'll get you going. I do like the fact that they are, I didn't notice that the first time, Mariah is, like, having to be dragged away by Naredo. But I like the fact that they clearly have more people on board this than just our named pilots. I just wish we saw more of them. Like, I love when a ship has, like, grunt suits to deploy, but I like them to have characters attached to them and such. At yeah. the very least, they should have a spokesperson. Like, we had the uh, the Astray Girls is the, like, archetypical example of that. Yeah. For us. I guess Killam Nick is serving that role, but he's so much more a character that it just feels like he has 2d6 henchmen he gets to <laughs> deploy with every battle. Especially because he's driving what is effectively a unique, uh, unique model. I mean, we don't know if there are more Monteros, but like because he has a Montero as opposed to a Grimoire, whereas just these henchmen are driving Grimoires. I feel like Captain Cahill would have been that guy, but you know he's dead, and they haven't bothered to name anybody else. And so Ida is like, I can fly too, and Clem is like, Yeah, we haven't tested it, so uh, don't joke about that. You just stand on the ship and shoot your gun like a good girl. So we see the Kaithith deploying yet again, as well as the Elf Bullock has dropped its. Pods. And then we get an eye catch. Howdy, hey, friends. It's the end of July, and it's a lovely time to honestly not be outside if you're in the Northern Hemisphere because it's very hot. Thank you for listening to episode five of Rick and Geese and G with us. 
and to see the introduction of Mask. I wonder who that could be. This seems like a good time for some programming notes. We took a poll on the Discord, I mentioned this I think last week as well, about how we should incorporate the Wrecking Gisa and G movies, and we are doing a light recap of the movie, mostly to explain how it's different from the episodes that it covers, and that is probably going up either next week or the week after. I'll, I'll, we'll find out after literally tonight. The movie partially covers the beginning of episode 6 and then just kind of ends. It's really weird. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I, I hope you have been enjoying our coverage of Rick and Gisa. Uh, I've really enjoyed the show, even though it is not actually a very good show. It's, like, it's not even so bad it's good. It's just, I think, like Jeremy said, it's all vibes-based. Also, hey, this is our obligatory plug for our Patreon.com slash LastPodcasts where you can get access to all of our episodes early, in addition to some bonus content. We're just about to enter August, which means our August bonus episode is going up. We have several in the can, and I'm not sure which one is going up, but you can bet I'll be plugging it as soon as I know which one Jeremy decided upon. Anyway, uh, <laughs> thanks everyone again for listening. Let's get back to some Elf Bullocks. Man, we rolled well on this one. We got two of them. Yeah, 1d3 minus 1. Eye catches, yes, exactly. So they open the hatch on the megafauna, which causes Bellary's escape pod to just slide it around because they still have not put it in the mobile suit yet. The air and water ball systems are intended for rescue use, and they can be used as propellant. How are they supposed to be used for rescue use? Um, if you need someone to swim like it's Mario Galaxy, you can just deploy a water ball in midair and they can swim through it. So the Montero and the various Grimoires start launching. They have some F-Rugs to take them into battle. Uh, there's our fry shops, I believe. You're right. The fry scops. And then uh, Ida grabs an anti-ship beam rifle. Which Hoppa tells her is too much for her to handle. That's Adam Smith. You're right. Which Adam Smith tells her is too much for her to handle. But she's like, God damn it. Everybody always trying to kagali me. What's up with that? And Bella is like, hey, uh, can you put me in my mobile suit instead of this plane so I could do something? So I'm not going to rely on other people and start shooting with the beam rifle. Straight up, which looks weird. It's a cool effect, but it just looks very strange. Especially because the, the mobile suit's like head isn't looking up. Looking up. It's just kind of holding it and firing. Unfortunately, she misses, as does the volley of anti-air fire coming from the megafauna. But not Killam Nick's javelin, because he's a genius. And Killam Nick is like, I'll deal with the ones above us. You guys go engage the main force from below. And Mask is like, oh, our timing may appear slow, but it's not. <laughs> our cases aren't just for show. Do a jet stream attack, boys. Uh, so one of them gets shot down, but then there's five of them behind it. And they take down one of the grimoires. And uh, Mask- Nick is like, wait, what's going on? And then the elf the bullock transforms into mobile suit form. And Nick is like, you would transform and come at me unarmed? You fool. But Mask gets a giant green background behind him. And one of his eyes starts glowing red. And he's like, is this a game to you? I have guns. This I, reminds me of Godot I have, from uh, Phoenix Wright. Beams and anti-beam beams <laughs> and finger guns. Finger lasers, like I'm the Dragon Zord. Take that, Killam Nick's rifle. Ha ha! I'm so good at shooting, the background ceased to exist. Now die, space pirate. Unfortunately, Mask gets javelined. In the chest, which is actually a minor wound, because it proceeds to just laser again. Now Raya is coring. <laughs> and Noreta's like, what the hell are you doing, Bellry? Get your ass in gear. 
And he's like, yeah, I don't know. The mechanics had like a whole break between episodes to just put the damn core fighter back in the Gundam, and they didn't. And the mechanic Hoppa is like, just attached to the back of the G-Self. And Belrius like, what the fuck do you think I'm trying to do? Ida scores a solid hit on blowing one of the Kate's wings off. And then she's like, damn, I missed. <laughs> and then the blonde lady on the bridge. I guess she's in charge of gunnery. The gunnery sergeant on the bridge. I would have guessed, like, because she goes with community, like, her, like she's the one that is originally calling out to the captain. I would have said communications, but she also is the one that ordered the anti-air batteries into action. And she's like, hey, captain, tell Ida to ram Bellary into the G-self. And so the captain yells that to Ida. And Ida's like, I can't do that. It's impossible. And the captain's like, don't get picky with me about possibilities. And uh, Ida's like, he's fucking moving. I can't grab him. And he just left. <laughs> I love everybody's shocked reactions. So Bellary starts trying to core fighter some K-Siths, but they're not so crap that he can do that. And he spots Mr. Genius's Montero. Mr. Genius is making it hard for the elf bullock to aim by chaining up its arm. So Bellary just flies by, and Killamnick is like, <laughs> I love this you line. fool! Showing off your, your cockpit will not do anything. And Bellary's like, man, do I have machine guns? The layout said I have machine guns. Where's the machine guns button? He was using them earlier. So blonde lady is Gisela. And the captain's like, fire anything. We won't need bullets during our decoy operation. So just keep firing. I mean, also, it doesn't do you any good if you conserve ammunition and it goes down to the bottom with you. So Mask crushes Killamnick's head. Man, his mobile suit is going to slowly get destroyed one piece (laughs) at a time, isn't it? He tears it off. But then Bellroy drops a water bomb on it. And Mask is like, what? Did I somehow sink into the ocean? As water starts spraying into the cockpit. How is this not watertight? And then he's like, it's water. It's like, dude, you thought you fell into the ocean and you're surprised it's water? So Killamnick's like, hey, go get in the G-self and be useful. Can they actually, could, could he hear him? Or did Bellary just follow it along because Klimnik pointed? And Bellary's like, man, how am I supposed to dodge all the machine guns to get back into it? I guess I just will. And then, well, Ida is like, is he really going to try and do it with all the machine gun fire? And then when we see Bellary, it's apparently on a autopilot that he wasn't trying to use. Seems useful. Anyway, the core fighter docks with the G-Self and now we're back in a Gundam series. <laughs> that was it for this episode of Top Gun. <laughs> Sadly, no erotic beach volleyball. And anyway, Hoppa is hanging on to the G self's head. And Bella's like, What am I supposed to do without a backpack? And Hoppa's like, You can fly for 45 seconds. And he's like, Okay, then move because you're in my way. No, get off the G self. Definitely be on it while I have this aerial <laughs> battle, but get out of my way. So, Mask Gear is like, I'm not going to let the. Pirates have the G-Self. Why Why are you invested in it now? I do like the elf bullock fires its finger lasers, and then we cut to Belry, and then the finger lasers don't go anywhere. Uh, misfire. So anyway, it takes off with Hoppa still attached to the cockpit, and he, just rushes the elf bullock. He's Apparently got beam he's, shields, or he's it looks looking like, out his beam sabers and is Star Wars-ing them, by which I mean he's just spinning his fists like he's in a gumpla <laughs> to block all the shots with his beam sabers. Yeah, so apparently in this one, beam sabers can block beams, and I guess, so long as it's consistent, because we also saw Mask here block uh, Clem Nick's beams with his own. And the Freedom definitely blocked beam sabers with beams in the past, too. And Bellary's like, the Capital Army mustn't use such cool mobile suits. And then he beam sabers off the 
Elf Bullock's hands with his beam saber stretching, but it's not very well animated, so it's hard to tell until Mask is like, <laughs> did this beam saber stretch? The colonel didn't say that anything about me fighting Monkey D fucking Luffy. <laughs> I, I am must... out of here. I've got I'm... the data. I'm I'm going home. I'm going to T-pose on the way out to assert dominance. <laughs> uh, anyway, the 45 seconds is up. Hop is like, hey, use the nozzles to slow your descent. I love How that he's... is he holding on? Uh, that's because Hoppa is part Spider-Man. Everyone has some Spider-Man genes in this universe. It's been long enough. So Ida flies down in the arcane to keep slowing his descent so that a fry scop can get below them and fly them back up. And that's it for the action sequence. Ida has gone to the bridge and is relaxing in like an air bat and like yeah. an air mattress. Yeah, she's brought her lounging mattress to the bridge. <laughs> and the captain's like, Ida, I need you to thank that boy because he thinks you're hot. Captain knows what's up. It is part of your job, Miss Ida. Yeah, you're HR and morale specialist in addition to pilot. It's your obligation. I mean, he's only here because you're the one who he's got a crush on, and you are the one who was going to become the princess. Yeah, general's sons or daughters usually become princesses, right? That's how yeah, it worked yeah. on Alderaan. Harabi starts singing about how the air density is thin. Rariah greets him with the fish, and Bellary's like, you seem to be doing better. And Rariah's like, yeah, she is. And Bellary's like, I guess she's used to going to space then? Maybe he really, maybe uh, Klimnik really is a genius because he managed to bring his Montero back without a head. And he's like, fix it for me, Hoppa. I know you're terrible at that. You couldn't even put a core fighter back in a Gundam. <laughs> but we got a spare head, so please put it on my mobile suit. Well, we all know they just snap in. So B Ida shows up and Bella's like, hey, thanks for saving me. And Ida's like, no, I must thank you on behalf of the entire crew of the Megafauna. And Barrow's like, yep, we don't want to die either, so let's call it even. And then Klemnik is like, hey, I'm interrupting this conversation. You should join the <laughs> army as a second lieutenant. And Bellary's response is, no, it'll have to be a lieutenant or nothing. And Klemnik's like, I guess I'll have to wait until after I become a captain. And Ida has peaced out. She, she's ascending to the brooding deck. You can tell because the light changes blue. And also, in space, no one can see you brood. <laughs> Anyway, she starts crying. It's like, Kel, forgive me for thinking you're murderer. I'm such a hypocrite and awful person, but it was my job. Damn you, capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> to thank a person who was your enemy. Um, kinda? I do kinda like the fact that we get a shot of like a couple of guys like hauling something past where she's having her breakdown. So, Bellary has smuggled McDonald's to Noredo and Raraya. And they're like, all right, now we're going to escape when there's an opportunity, right? And Bellary's like, yeah, that's why I told you to wear spacesuits. And Raya's like, I'm on board. I don't know what's going on. And uh, Bellary's like, I got a job as a Capitol Guard cadet. And Raya's like, we've been spying too. And Bellary's like, but most importantly, I want that cool G-self. With it, I, my uh, place as protagonist will be, <laughs> will be, my dominance as the protagonist will be established. It was a little, like, off because of the fact that the backpack has changed. When I saw it originally, he's like, that thing is going to be mine. And I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? Because, the, like I said, the backpack is different on the G-Self in that, in that shot. The megafauna turns off its wings as it goes off to its decoy mission. And it's a very long shot of it decoying. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I don't, why end on that shot of such a long, drawn-out shot? Like, it's to distract you, because it's a decoy. <laughs> I guess it worked. That's the end of the episode. I think this one works better than the last one, but mostly because it's all action. And so the action doesn't feel like it's interrupting in the same way. And there's a lot less like discussions of, 
yes, here's what's going on. And oh, here comes the action sequence before we can actually tell you anything important. It makes me long for Gundam Seed in a lot of ways. In Gundam Seed, the previous episode would have been all build-up and emotional stakes and character development. So the stakes felt high in this fight. And instead, there was just a random fight in it. Bellary is like, oh, I have to protect the ship. Also feels very Gundam Seed to me. But with no adequate motive. Like, it's not really established why he's doing that. Well, it's also weird because, like, the big thing is Bellary is technically their enemy. He is an active service soldier cadet for their enemy. Well, but for the guard and not the army, but yes. I like the idea of him, his motivation being he wants to make up for killing Cahill and he feels bad about that. But his motivation is not consistent because he's still planning to defect from them. Yeah, he's planning on returning to his home, but at the same time, it's like, um, what the hell are you doing? But first, I got to beat up this guy to dumb mask. <laughs> also, like the core fighter stuff just does nothing for me. No. Nope. Is it supposed to be funny? I think yes. I think it kind of is supposed to be. It's I... not, but I think yes. Also, the G-Self has a new power of stretching its beam sabers, which is like fine. I don't care that the mobile suit can do that. But it's so weird that it seems to pull out some new gimmick every episode. I wonder if that's just going to be the entire show is a new gimmick every episode. I hope not. The head can detach and fly on its own. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, if it, it, it's secretly the Turnax. Head missile. That's how dinosaurs work. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> Do you have a high point, Tyler? What is my high point of this episode? Oh, man. I think it's probably Clem Nick nonchalantly just yelling at Mariah for pulling on his ponytail. Their interactions this episode are really adorable. I hope I hope they become good friends. That's my that's my goal. Zach, Klimnik continues to be the best character <laughs> here. I will let you join. How about you join the army? I'll let you join as a second lieutenant. <laughs> yeah, I do love Klimnik and Bellary's growing relationship. I guess I'll go with Ida praising Bellary and then feeling bad about it. Because that's a character development, right? It's at least something, right? It's consistent. Like, she has consistently seemed to be able to put on the face and deal with Bellary, but she doesn't like him, right? Do you have a low point, Tyler? What? It's water. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Uh, No, he's fine. That can't be Lewin Lee. Lewin Lee knows what water is. He's the best student in the class. (laughs) Zach? It's half a stuck to the side of the G-self, like... Is this supposed to be, like, this isn't a Looney Tunes series. I I don't know if you realize this. He'd be dead? (laughs) So. Yeah, Raraya had, like, brain damage because she was out in the upper atmosphere too long. But Hapa's just clinging to the G-self just fine in a combat situation. I'm going to go with the whole core fighter sequence in the hangar. Like, is it supposed to add tension? Is it supposed to be funny? I feel like it doesn't accomplish either of those things. The only one that made me kind of uh, laugh is when he actually went to Doc because of Ida's reaction to it of, you know, is he actually going to do it? And then we find out that Bellary was not going to do it, but an autopilot is, t- is kicked <laughs> in. But I think I agree. It's like, I'm not sure what the point is. It's because it doesn't seem to really be amping up tension. Clem Nick doesn't seem to be struggling all that much because every time we get back to him, he's either still on even footing or winning. I don't know. I think he was getting kind of angry. He did seem to lose his head in that fight. You have an MVP, Tyler. <laughs> Wait, I got one more. Um, you know that Bellary's a great pilot. He didn't miss any shots. You can tell because he didn't drop any air balls. 
Do you have an MVP, Tyler? <laughs> Do I? I think I'm going to give it to Ida again for having, like, the only sincere character moment this episode. I mean, I've argued Kill him, Nick has some sincere character moments, but... That's fair. This character is not especially sincere, so... Zach? I think I will give my MVP nomination to... It's hard to say. I think I'm going to give it to Ida as well, because, like, that moment where she, like, does, you know, the captain goes and tells her, hey, you need to go say, you know, congratulations and or thank you and such to him. She goes and does it. And Even though she clearly doesn't it, want to. Uh, right? Yeah, and it, and it hurt her to do that. Like, that's pretty good. And her just being like, I am not going to sit on the freaking sidelines. If we had at least valuable player, it would be Hoppa for not doing his <laughs> damn job two episodes in a row. But since that's not what we're asking, and I need to come up with a most valuable player, I think I will make it unanimous with Ida. Like you said, she has sincere character emotion. She gets the bit about them following her like ducklings. She gets to relax on the bridge. It's all good stuff. More Ida being angsty. I think that's what this show needs. I think I think that's what we're going to get. <laughs> I think by the end of it, we'll be like, please, God. <laughs> Woman, please put yourself back together. Angst Ray Hunting, please. <laughs> <laughs> she can spend time next to Craig Ollie. Anything else we want to say about this one? It's better than the last one, but at the same time, it feels kind of like they're still not entirely sure which way they want to actually go with some of this stuff. Like Tyler said, they keep introducing ideas, and like I'm really interested in this magical holy land where people who do technology are, but we barely learn anything about them. The idea that Raraya is from there is interesting. I'm like really interested in, uh, this was last episode, but I'm like interested in the idea of SU Cordis. And what the fuck is going on with that? I don't know. Well, um, we got an actual, like, proper noun for the SU Cordists in this episode. Yeah. the beginning of this one. All right. Uh, if that's all we have to say, then, join us next week for episode six of Gundam Rinkongista NG. Dillinson, a fearsome foe. I bet he dies next episode. Yeah. I, say, <laughs> I think it's ominous with the, with the ending. Bellary at one point is walking linked arms with two people. One of these people is already dead. Uh, yeah, Bellary is a heaven seer, right? <laughs> a new type? Is that what we call those in Gundam? If it sounds too boring for you, we'll make it funny. 